Hi, everybody. Welcome to Curly Girlies Cracking the Kid Code with Atara and Grace. I am Atara, founder of the Curly Girl Movement, author of the Curly Girly book series, and owner of curlygirly.com, spelled with two E's at the end of curly and two E's at the end of girly. And I'm here with my good friend and awesome co-host, Grace Cross. Hi, Grace. Oh, hi, Atara. And hi, everybody. I'm Grace Cross. I'm the owner of The Baby Spot, the only global parenting magazine. And you can find me at thebabyspot.ca. Now, we have such a great guest with us today. Atara, who do we have? Grace audience, I'm really happy to welcome Tammy Rabideau to our show. Tammy is a writer at heart and also maintains a full-time job. Recently, Tammy became a published New York Times essayist when her story was chosen for the modern love column in the Sunday Style section. Her essay, titled, As the Ball Dropped, Our Life Fell Apart, is a deeply personal and poignant story about Tammy and her daughter. Tammy is now in the process of developing that essay into a memoir. Above all, Tammy is mom to an amazing daughter who she describes as the inspiration for all she does and accomplishes. Tammy, welcome to our podcast. We're so happy to have you. How are you today? Thank you so much. I'm doing well, and it's an honor to be on your podcast. Oh, great. Oh, thank you. <laughs> so for anyone who listens to our shows, I think that you know that I am an avid fan of the modern love column that appears weekly in the Sunday style section in the Times. Um, and this is not an easy column to get published in. Um, so tell us a little about the essay that you wrote and what the impetus for it was and, and how it actually came to be published in the Times. Um, well, it's, um, you know, it's, it's a story about, um, an experience that my daughter and I went through uh, about six years ago. Now I wrote the essay. I actually started writing a number of essays thinking I was going to, you know, have it be a memoir book. Um, and then I was thinking, well, a memoir book is such a large project and how can I make it into something smaller that I could possibly get out into the world? at a faster pace because a memoir, of course, is going to take a longer period of time to write. Mm -hmm. So um, my daughter and I always share our projects that we're working on. And I had kind of tossed it around with her that I was thinking about writing this essay and submitting it. And she, of course, was like, go for it. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, and also like, I guess the, the longer story behind it is that I'm always trying to think about how do you take your natural capabilities Um, your natural talents and then put them out into the world in some way that is offering some kind of service or inspiration or something to other people. Yes. So that's kind of where it came from. Um, And I had decided to take a writing class in the summertime. And um, I took a writing class at Gotham Writers Workshop in New York City. It was an online class. Mm -hmm. And in that class, I wrote um, a very short bit um, because they have got like word limits on everything you write. So it was a short essay and it was kind of venturing into this, uh, this time period in 2014. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I, I wrote it and then I really didn't want to keep writing it. It was just wouldn't, it was kind of one of these things that just kept haunting me that I had to get it down. Um, I actually ventured into writing some nonfiction, um, non-memoir pieces and thought, well, this is what I'm going to write, more self-help, and this is how yes. I can help people. Right. But this, this, <laughs> that's what I wanted to do, but this story just kept coming back um, to me. Well, um, you know what they say about writers? It's like you, you write because you must. So it sounds like that's what this story is. It's something that you felt you really must tell, and it was coming from deep within you. Yes, yes, exactly. And I mean, I had a, a number of them, but this was 
one that was most most prevalent. And um, the thing about telling a story like this is, of course, it's um, it's deeply personal, and then you're putting it out into the world. And I wanted to make sure that it was told right because yes. it's such an, an intimate, um, personal a part of, of my experience that I didn't want it to get out there wrong and it, that it wouldn't tell like who we were or what had happened um, in a manner that I wanted to be out in the world. So um, I wrote the story and then I rewrote it a good 25 times um, just because reworking <laughs> like it, rewriting it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. You know, going back to it, I'd leave it for a few days and go back and then say, oh my gosh, I've got to rewrite this. And um, then decided to submit it. And um, like you, Atara, I also follow the Modern Love column, and I am a bit obsessed with it, honestly. Right. Fact, it's when the I best column. It, I love it. It, it, <laughs> it, it, it is. I, I am all things Modern Love. Um, so that just sums it up, all things Modern Love. In fact, when I wrote some of the final um editions of this essay I was listening to the Modern Love soundtrack because they had a soundtrack as well with beautiful music oh, um, yeah so and then I and then I gave it a go I, I sent it out to um, the Modern Love column I knew that they received because um, I have studied it diligently um, over 9,000 submissions in a year and they can only choose 52 wow and um, yeah I think I heard know. that they actually get 11,000 isn't that gosh, right? A lot. It's quite a lot. And they only, (laughs) right. And and since it's a weekly column, they really, there's not so many they could choose. So it's really amazing. And it's, what's also amazing. I have um, some authors who said they submitted it and they always submit it through their agents. So it's really amazing that you submitted it just blindly on your own and then actually got a response. Yes. It, I, I feel it's a, a true, um, a true blessing. And, um, somewhat surreal uh for sure i had told my daughter when she was talking about some things she was working on and and i said well i submitted this essay and she said great where did you submit it and um and you know i talked to her about it because of course it involves her and it's a a personal story as well about her and i said well i submitted it to the modern love call said i know it's a long shot right but i thought you know what the heck and i said if i ever get it if i ever get a phone call or an email from Daniel Jones. I said, I am probably going to pass out and die. He's the editor of the column. <laughs> right. Yes. Yes. So it was, um, you know, I was sitting at my desk a few weeks ago and I might add, I was having one of the worst days at my job ever. Oh no. <laughs> you know, it was one of those, it was one of those days <laughs> where it was a real challenge to get through. Well, I mean, everything, everything. And oh, so I was dear. thinking, I'm going to cut this day short and go and, and uh, I'll check my email quick. And I checked my personal email and I saw these, you know, I was like, oh, great. Well, at least they wrote back and they're going to give me the denial. And maybe he gave me a bit of feedback. Right. That's what you expect. So, I mean, I, I couldn't jump out of my seat fast enough to go call my daughter and tell her when, wow. when he had said, I want to talk to you about the essay. Yeah. That is yeah. incredible. And you know what? Story. Also, to, to submit um, a submission unsolicited, just as a testament to how wonderful your writing is and how impactful your story was, that you were chosen one of the 52. Um, but tell us, tell some of our audience what your uh, piece was about and give us some background. Sure. So, so my piece... Um, is a story about um, a time period. Uh, it starts out on New Year's Eve um, about six years ago. And, you know, there was, of course, a big buildup to things that happened on this evening. But on that evening, we 
um, were evicted, officially evicted from our apartment. We had been living there about six, over six years, I'd say, six and a half wow. years. And um, it had been a very difficult time prior to that. Um, and uh, my, my mother had been sick uh, with cancer for about 18, 18 months and she passed. And that was just uh, so myself sorry. and my, yeah, thank you. A sibling were her caretaker. And so it was just a, you know, like anyone that's with a loved one who's sick, it's a difficult time. Yes. Um, and the bottom had really fallen out. My, um, my daughter's father, who has never really been um, in the picture, he's been uh, incarcerated most of her life. He had been out for a bit. He had been helping out a little bit financially and it was kind of like a, a perfect storm of unfortunate events that occurred. Uh, and it just set in motion this situation that I just couldn't seem to control. Wow. So we found ourselves, um, you know, literally homeless. I couldn't find us an apartment fast enough. I felt like maybe I didn't act quick enough. Um, and so we ventured out and we were going to stay at um, a temporary location, which was going to be with um, some siblings of mine. Uh, it was a, a situation that I knew was not a great um, solution from the start, but it was really our only option. So we were going to do that until we could get into another place. And um, I could you know, try to pick the pieces up and, and pull this situation together. And it didn't work out um, within, I'd say, about a half hour. You know, we, we had moved all day. It was a freezing, freezing cold day in, oh, uh, gosh. in yes. Wisconsin. Uh, one of the coldest uh, days of the year. And Crystal and I had been moving all day and bringing our stuff to a storage unit. And it was just a very, it was a low point, right? Know, a right. great low point for me. And we, we became homeless. Like within, within an hour, uh, we had no place to go. And it was just, um, so the essay goes through the time period of this, become, you know, we became homeless and going to the hotel that evening and bouncing around from place to place while trying to get my daughter off uh, to college and going through uh, meetings with college admissions counselors wow. and um, an extremely difficult time. Right. Um, it, you know, and then, of course, the end result in my essay is when... Uh, I move her to New York City, and um, I leave her there, and she attends uh, Columbia University and ultimately graduates um, four years later. So it's um, a lot of things, of course, happened during that time period, but it was that in the midst of all this horrible stuff happening, these great things were happening to Crystal, and yes, that really gave me light, like, she's going to get out of this, yes. you know? And that, so that was my focus, to get, get her out of it. Yeah, yes, exactly. Right. Exactly. Well, you know, you detail really beautifully, and I encourage everyone to read this essay if they haven't, um, just how at some moment, you know, when you're realizing that you're actually homeless that night and that you can't really stay at your brother's place, um, your daughter like, looks at you, I think you say, and she, and she says, you know, Mom, it's going to be okay. And, and you say, you know, to yourself, I, I'm the parent, I need to be telling her that. I thought that was just such a powerful line because I think um, as parents, right, we always feel like we have to be so strong for our children and we cannot be vulnerable for them because we want to cocoon them even as they get older and, and make them feel that yeah. everything is just the way it should be. So I'm sure that that was just such a hard time and a, such a hard moment. But what a wonderful child you have that was able to look at you and say, don't worry, mom. Right. 
Yes. Um, the moment when she had actually, I mean, I think what she said that when we were in the stairwell, she had said, you know, now what <laughs> was right. kind of her thing. It should, she said, now what? And I thought, you know, my God, I don't know. Um, and, but when I had gotten her to Columbia and I was going to leave her there and, you know, everything was just a whirlwind every day. We were right. selling our belongings and anything I could to summon, you know, get enough money to get her to New York and get us these right. plane tickets. And, um, so when we were standing there, uh, I think is when she had said, you know, don't worry, I'm going to be fine. And you've got to get on your plane. And, um, it was, uh, I, I think, you know, it was just such a difficult time. And also, right, for her, it was a, it was a role reversal in, in yes. some way because yeah. she was being this strong person. And I was like, if you, you know, you can always come back and we can yeah, yeah. work this out. If it doesn't work out here for you, <laughs> exactly. don't worry. And, and she's like, I'm fine. I'm going to be all right. And right. you've got to get on the plane. So what I'm seeing is just a beautiful, like, I mean, Crystal is such a beautiful soul and so are you. You could tell she has such a wonderful mother um, and your bond is something really special. It's something very unique. Can you tell us like what your relationship is with your daughter? Like all of us, we we love our children uh, beyond measure, beyond so words. True. And so, uh, yeah, it's, um, and, and of, of course, I'm partial, so I feel like she is the best child in the world. Yes. And she was an easy child um, to have. You know, I didn't have anything, any other children to compare her to, but I had a number of siblings myself, and I had parents that told me, you know, how you know difficult we could be at times. And Crystal was just a very easy child. Um, we are we're very close. You know, to this day, we communicate every day. Thank heavens for you know. Um, technology that we have now that we can do that easily from yes. you know she's in Sweden. Um when she was growing up we were um you know it was always a, a struggle because financially I was just one person and there was never any child support and there was never any yes. um I didn't have a I didn't have another partner. Um it was just you know the two of us. Right. So um but we were very close and we spent um all of our all of our time together and we just we loved I mean maybe because I raised her but we'd love to do the same things we spent um you know our Friday evenings we'd, we'd go to dinner and we'd go to the bookstore we spent endless oh. hours in the bookstores around the city ah. it was inexpensive and, and wonderful um recreation for us yes so in fact I, I sometimes go to Barnes and Noble um to this day and there's a man who works there he's been there about 20 years oh lovely uh, I, yeah, and he will say when he introduces me, "This is um, this is Tammy. Tammy. She basically raised her daughter in the bookstore." And I always feel so happy, so happy that he says this. I'm like, "This is true." But there um, are worse places, right, to raise your child than a bookstore. <laughs> I yes, can't think. Of- yes, it, we loved it. You know, right. we loved it. Wow. Um, yeah, it sounds it like you had a bit- really deep friendship with your child, not just so you you're obviously her mother, teaching her so many important things but also you were friends and that, that is a special bond that you carry with you forever. So that's so wonderful to have. Yes, I think you're right. I think it's, um, I mean, first and foremost, I think it's important to be the parent. Um, yes. You know what I'm saying? And, and also of course, to have that bond as, as a friendship, but it was important for me to be the mom. And that's why it was so difficult when this happened, because ultimately I felt I mean, I I probably will never be able to remove that feeling of that 
that I was failing in right, that moment. letting her down and, and in have, some way. Right. Yes. Yes. I mean, your child is looking at you and you are the parent and this thing is happening that you can't fix. It's, uh, it's difficult. But you did fix it and you did. So just like, tell us like, because we have um, an audience of moms and I'm sure some of them are single moms as well. So how did you actually get yourself from the place of, you know, you were in a hotel for a few days. How did you get to the next job, the next location, just in the next several months after you found yourself homeless, like what, what happened to get you out of that? Well, it was, it was very difficult. The, the thing that happens and that I've learned, um, you know, when when you become homeless, when you actually lose your, your home, your place, that is where you operate from is that it's so many things become difficult, even, you know, um, accessing, you know, if you need, if your child needs to use a computer, if you're going to get your right. mail, um, there are admissions letters coming there right. um, in order to have a, a phone number for a job to right. be able to be in one city in order to know where you're going to be living to interview. Um, so all these things were, were just up in the air and difficult. So we went, you know, at times we went to different hotels. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a time, um, you know, I, I, I received some money from, uh, or actually like vouchers from a, a church, and we were able to stay at um, hotels, you know, here and there. Okay. We were trying to figure out what were we going to, you know, I, I eventually, I had to just pull Crystal out of school, and it was horrible. I mean, she's in her senior year, wow. and right. she's in the middle of, of at a rehearsal, for, you know, for um, theater. She was very involved in theater, mm-hmm. and I had to enter the school and say, we have to go and we have to go right now. Wow. And yes. it was, and it was just, it was terrible. Heartbreaking. So, sure. Yes, it, it really was. And, and she's not a big crier, but she, at all, I'm more the emotional one, but she, she cried. Um, and we then went and stayed with my father for a period of time. He lived three hours away. Um, I, I, we, it wasn't, um, unfortunately the most, um, welcoming or ideal situation uh, not really uh, it, it just there wasn't really a place for us to stay there or a place to put our belongings um it wasn't okay. really my father's fault it was you know he, he's married and there's a situation there um my daughter's biracial there was some uh you know some racism type of things going on in regards yeah. to that that were going on there with other family members and that was very difficult for me because there's type of language that I didn't want her hearing or uh, so it was just a very very challenging situation um, so we ended up um, getting you know that we had to leave there as well um, and yeah. stayed at friends houses um, Crystal was able to graduate mid-year because of her being so ahead so that was helpful. oh my word that's so yeah. helpful yeah, yeah, it really, it really was. But she still was like, I want to go to school somewhere. I don't want to be, I don't, even though I'm, I have enough credits, I want to be in school. Right. Um, so um, she was enrolled then in another school for a period of time. Um, eventually, like I said, it was really a whirlwind. There was nothing stable. Um, it was just nothing and, stable for a while, it sounds like. No, but and, and it was juggling. <laughs> it was, but you know what's amazing? Also, your your child, Crystal, 
Wow. I mean, really such a strength of character because you also detail in your essay. I mean, it's a short essay, but there's so much packed in there. Um, and so much that's memorable because I, I can basically recite it. Um, <laughs> awesome. <laughs> you, you detail how um, she, you know, takes out all these books from the library and says, you know, I want to work hard and get myself into a good school, and here's how I'm going to do it. Uh, by the way, I, I read that paragraph to my husband. I'm like, this is a good idea. <laughs> we have to imbue this when they're really young <laughs> to our children. Um, but she did, She right? She was very single-minded in her goal. And, yes, and you know, I, that's really I a testament to both of you. Um, well, thank you. I mean, uh, Really, Crystal was very dedicated and committed on her own. I felt it was my role um, to completely support her in every way that I could um, as whatever she wanted to do to try to come up with the means to do it. And so um, the day that she wanted, you know, she told me we're going to pick up the books at the library and there were literally bins, you know, of 60. No, I was thinking, how are you going to read all these books? Right. Um, <laughs> right. No, and, I, and of course, they were checked out under my name. So I said, we've got to make sure we get these books back on time. Yeah. Let me start <laughs> an Excel document here so we can yes, keep exactly. track of them all. Yes. Exactly. Um, and, and she would line them up, you know, around her room. And then she would like develop an entire plan. And she did that every summer starting in her freshman year. Um, she was very, very diligent and very committed and um, at one point I said, well, we've got a great university here, the University of Wisconsin, and yes. you'll be close to home, and this would be a wonderful idea. And she just looked at me, and, and she's never been um, a child who really talks back much or anything like that, right. but she just said, um, that's never happening, she said. Okay, <laughs> like, okay. And she, she said, if I listen to you, I'm going to end up at the UW. Yeah, she, and I was like, what's wrong with the UW? Like, what's wrong right. with that? But she had higher ambitions than that. And so now there's this moment where if, correct me if I'm wrong, she gets a full scholarship at an Ivy League school. Can you tell us about that exact moment when you realize your daughter not only has gotten into the university of her top choice, but she's also gotten a full scholarship? Um, I, I am to this moment, it's, it's very emotional for me because, um, she just, of course, you know, you want these best things for your children. And you it was a culmination, not just of that moment, of, or not just that year or those yes. six months of not having a home, but it was the, the 19 years, the 18 years of, right. of, of struggling and trying to, you know, maintain and, and be on top of everything and do the right thing. And her working and hustling all that time, too. I mean, she wasn't like she got it, you know, she really got herself involved in everything and volunteering and and everything she possibly could. So it was the culmination of that. And then this extremely difficult um, year and then this incredible blessing came. So I remember the feeling of that my, (laughs) that my legs were actually giving out. Like I was, when when it came, like she was standing there and I can visualize her and she had this you know, um, email. And I just, I just couldn't even wrap my mind around what was happening. And so I started, you know, we, we hugged and I cried and I'm always, you know, much more emotional than she, and she, yeah, yes, entirely. She's, she right away when it, she was like, this is, yes, this is great. This is, you know, this is where I wanted to go, but she's more, um, I guess like rational and automatically went into, 
okay, now we've got a plan. We've got to make right. this happen. And so we, oh. that's what we went into. Yeah, But it was, it was an incredible, incredible, wonderful uh, a moment. You know, we were, you know, beyond ecstatic. And I prayed and thanked God every day. Mm. And then did you go back to school once she was in school? So I had completed my bachelor's when she was um, four. So I went back when she was two and I finished when she was four. Mm-hmm. Oh, Tammy, um, amazing job with a little one. Well, well, well yeah, thank you. It was, it was difficult. It was difficult. Yes. But um, I, my mother was alive then too. And she was also a big part in Crystal's life and very supportive during that time period as well. That's okay. Um, That's wonderful. So that helped. Yes, it was. And, and her and my mom were, uh, you know, two peas in a pod. So, um, yes, I did that. And then when she went back to, when she was in Columbia and, uh, she's just doing all these wonderful things and all of these great things are happening, you know, while she's there. And mm-hmm. I thought, well, now is the time I kept thinking, well, I was going to postpone doing these things. I always kept saying, well, when Crystal goes off to college, when Crystal goes right. off to college, right. And um, so I then started back with my graduate studies um, a few years ago, um, studying for my master's in um, counseling psychology. And yeah, so I'm about two years in, but I have decided to take a break from those studies for a little bit. Well, I mean, you have some interesting things have unfolded, you know, with this amazing essay coming out. So what can you spill the beans? Like, what are some of your plans? Well. I am, you know, it's been very exciting because the uh, response to the essay has been incredibly overwhelming and hundreds of people message and email and it's, it's so heartwarming and every, I've tried to respond to every message. I haven't been able to respond to everyone, but it's, it's been just so incredible. Right. Um, The support of people, right. And how much they like really rooting for you. Yes, and, and just saying that they felt inspired and that wow. um, they're, you know, that it's brought them to tears, that they feel inspired. Um, I had one woman who wrote me and said, you know, she, it inspired her to make a move in her life that she had been um, struggling making a decision to make. Um, oh, wow. Just so right. many incredible messages that I, they're, they're just the most wonderful, it's so the most wonderful, wonderful thing. Okay. Um, just two days ago, I received a message. It was forwarded to me by Daniel Jones, actually, and it was <laughs> a, a family, uh, a woman in New Jersey, and she said um, she's retired, and her and her husband. And she said they were so moved by this essay, and they wanted to they want to help a family, and they've asked me to connect them with a family to help oh, them. So wow. I just feel like this is yeah, like wow. so. Just the fact that you could write this essay and that some family, other family would get help. So I'm working on that. That's great. As well. Uh, so much good uh, has come out of it that you yes, probably didn't yes. even anticipate, right? Exactly. Exactly. Um, I'm it's trying to expand. Um, I'm in like the the second chapter of memoir. I've you know worked on the outline. So I'm expanding my essay uh, to a memoir. Um, and I've had some suggestions uh, by some different people to do that. So I'm working on that. Um, I'm also working on another uh, just another essay. Um, right. Not sure what I'm going to do with that yet. Um, <laughs> See, I'm excited yeah, because but- this is the idea phase. This is where things can go one way or the other. Like I'm seeing the cogs turning with, because you seem to be a person of service. You always want to help 
others, you know, just like that selfless type of being. So with people asking, how can you connect me with someone who needs help? I see something happening there. And of course, with your memoir and your amazing inspirational story, your wisdom becoming a book. So it's going to be a very interesting few years for you, Tammy. Yes, I I agree. Right. Super, super excited. Um, It's, you know, it's all just an incredible blessing. I am, um, it, it's all very much ties together um, in, in a way. And I, the service thing is very important to me because anything I do, I, I have to direct service connection in some way. Otherwise, there's uh, no sense in doing it for me. It's so interesting because so. you can see that here she does. She writes one of the most personal, um, raw, emotional pieces. And then still to this, to, at this moment is still helping others. She's connecting um, a family to somebody who can help. Like other people are benefiting from your raw and honest inspirational piece. So it's always, there's always helping other people out. And I, I feel that this is really going to be something in the next few years. I'm really excited to follow your journey. Well, I think also, right, uh, Grace and Tammy, maybe you'll agree, when you yes. see something from your heart that's so authentic, and that is something personal that you've been wanting to do, but really now have come out and done it in a real full way. Other things just stem from that. Ah, um, yes. That's really what's happening for you. So, you I know, agree. sometimes, you know, in life, we don't exactly know where we're going when we do something. You didn't have this huge plan. Okay, I'm going to write this thing in the New York Times. And from there, I'm going to get a call about helping other people. That was not something you could have anticipated, Right. But because no, right. it came from a real place, all of these other wonderful real things are going to stem from there. And I think that's what Grace is touching on. That's so exciting for you. You don't know, but yeah. there's just so much that awaits. And, and I'd love to hear a little bit about, if you don't mind, what's um, going on with Crystal, your daughter. Because she graduated yeah, so, school, right? Yeah, so she graduated from Columbia. And oh, she congrats. is... Um, Yes, thank you. Well, she will thank you. Uh, and so now she is in Sweden. She is at a, a top university at um, at the university. I always say it wrong, but it's the University of <laughs> Uppsala. Not Uppsala, but Uppsala. She corrects me. Okay. Um, and that is in uh, Uppsala, Sweden. Nice. And she is uh, studying. Um, she's getting her master's degree in English literature. Her bachelor's from Columbia was in English literature and creative writing. So she's also um, a writer and she's a very very good uh, writer. She far uh, supersedes anything that I can write. <laughs> oh, wow. So, nice. Yeah. So, so we'll be seeing more from the both of you in the next few yes. years. Yes. Yes. I just saw her for Christmas. She was here. We actually were in New York City for about four days. Oh, nice. uh, And then, yes, it was, it was just wonderful because what was the most the timing fun thing you of did it. on holidays in New York? Tell us. Oh, geez. You know, Crystal knows the city, so I and I don't, and right. I just am having this whole this whole love affair with New York City every time I go. Um, but she, so she takes me around not so much as a tourist. Right. She's like, we're not going to Times Square, Mom. That's not where you want to be. We're gonna. <laughs> so we walk, we walk around all of the villages and go to um, coffee shops and restaurants. So and, fun. Um, my goodness. Oh well, of course it was there at Christmas. So she did take me down to. For my request, um, you know, uh, Rockefeller. Fifth Ave. Thank you. Yes, Rockefeller. Thank you. Yeah, and no, no problem. I insisted. I insisted we have some selfies there. <laughs> She's not big on selfies, but it was wonderful. And the timing, of course, was um, was right because this happened with my essay. 
So at the same time, Daniel Jones was messaging and uh, about edits. And then he said, get down to the New York Times building. You know, <gasps> so I went there and I was like, I saw the building and <laughs> Crystal took my picture in front. It was just oh, it was wow. so wonderful. So you oh, actually got my. to meet him in person and go to the New York Times building. Yeah, I didn't get to meet him in person. He was actually, um, he was messaging me about edits during this time because I had to still work on things um, yes. at the hotel. But we, he just said, I said, I sent him a picture and I said, my daughter and I, we were at the New York Public Library. So right. beautiful. So oh, outstanding. On 40, in and, the 40s, yeah. Yeah. And so he said, oh, you know, sweet. He said, you guys should go to the New York Times building. And I was like, well, of course we should. <laughs> and so, so we went there, but I didn't meet him in person. I All right. That, it's good enough to be there and to know that you were a part of that. So I want to switch yes. to something a little bit mundane and uh, frivolous for one second. So you Go said ahead. your daughter is biracial. I've seen your picture. You have yes. straight hair. So you and I are probably both mothers to curly girlies. Is that right? Yes. <laughs> um, my daughter is a, uh, yes. And this is the thing. When I was looking at your website, which of course I have analyzed in, in detail. It's wonderful. <laughs> I, I love it. I wish, I wish my daughter you would have had those books because oh. it's really not mundane. It's actually very significant because uh, of what girls, the hair signifies. It's so much more than that. It yes. signifies something bigger and deeper, which you know. And she, my daughter has huge, massive, long curly hair down to her waist. Oh, beautiful. And, yes. And when she was little, she didn't like it and she wanted it straightened. And as she grew up, she embraced growing it out completely naturally. And it's, it is, I told you, it is a piece of art that she has. Oh, I'd love, to, I'd love you to send me a picture. I'd love to see that. <laughs> I will. It's, she's, yeah. Wow. She's yeah. Crazy. But it was a struggle, I'm sure, especially in the sense that she couldn't identify with her mother. I mean, that's the struggle that I think I have with my child is that she's looking around and saying, oh, but mommy doesn't have curly hair. So I'm sure that was a struggle for you, Crystal, as well. Yes, because I'm a, you know, straight haired, right. blonde haired. Right. you know, a blue-eyed person. And um, amongst, you know, other struggles, she she wanted straight hair. I mean, I remember one time she wrote down this little prayer when she was little and we were saying her prayers at night and she wanted to add in that she could have long, straight, blonde hair, just like wow. this little girl in her class. And it was oh. heartbreaking. Yes. Heartbreaking. She has we're not this- praying for that. Yeah, you have this gorgeous head of hair that, you know, I mean, it sounds like her hair is just beautiful. But it's it's it, great it that she embraced it. And you know what? What's I'm sure you, you concur. It's like, I don't think people really fully understand what it feels like to be that child with curly hair. Um, you know, they think, oh, right. yeah, whatever. Oh, I love curly hair. It's so pretty. But when you're that child with curly hair, it's not that simple. So you're I, I you're right that and I'm glad that it's slowly changing. Yes, yes, I think so too. And and now they've got all these excellent products out there also yes. for, ah, yes. um, you know, which is also, um, you know, just wonderful. There, even when Crystal was little, I felt like there weren't as many good products, or there were all these oily products, or yes. these things that weren't. Um, so, yeah, that's been a big. That's it's a big part when you've got a curly haired child. Yes, yes it really yes. is. Well, it has been so nice having you on, right, Grace? And right? oh, what a so pleasure, great. Tammy! You are. We'll have Thank to. You. Are your Keep story is going to be so impactful. Thank you both so much. Yeah. I I really appreciate you having me on. It's been an honor. 